Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Edward Knight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And today on the show, we're going to be talking about how to identify a slump. How to identify a slump in the property cycle. But just before we do that, I want to talk about, uh, just briefly, an article that came out on the 24th of October 2019, so a little while ago. But this was sent to me uh, by a uh, one of our clients who we were talking about Christchurch with. And he sent us this article where uh, a guy called Gareth Kiernan, uh, who was from Infometrics, wrote an article saying that uh, Christchurch has a massive oversupply. Massive oversupply. And he said, hey, this is making me really nervous. And I said, well, isn't it funny, just leading on from an episode we released a couple of days ago, talking about um, <laughs> the differences of opinion in the media, that the exact same day, Tony Alexander, uh, who was the chief economist at BNZ for 25 years, uh, released a report showing that Canterbury house prices are, are undervalued by about 20%. And this is this is really where we get into uh, talking about how to identify a slump. Tony's come up with a really clever way of comparing house prices in all of the regions around New Zealand. And so what he's done, and I'll, I'll, I'll link to this in the show notes as well, is he's mapped out house prices relative to what the average has been in terms of every other region in New Zealand. So uh, as as an example, if Waikato has always been 60% of the median house value, where where is it now? Is it 58% or is it at 70%? So if it was 70%, it would be overvalued. Uh, And it's really interesting when you start looking at these graphs because what we recognise is that... uh, just because, say, Waikato had been at 60% of, of the median, and it, it hasn't been, but just take that as an example, doesn't mean that it's always that way. That might be the average, but at times it's going to be up, at times it's going to be down. Uh, and what you recognise is that whenever a region gets to be about 15 to 20% undervalued, we get what's called catch-up growth, where, where uh, back in... 2001, Southland was was 20% undervalued, and then by 2005, values had skyrocketed, increased, and we'd had that kind of catch-up growth we'd just talked about, because then Southland looks relatively cheap. The media starts talking about Southland being so cheap, so people buy houses, or more people are able to get uh, get into the property market there, and house prices start to go up. Uh, we've also seen this uh, in Wellington. Uh, back in 2016, uh, house prices were about 17% undervalued. We all know the Wellington growth story by now. Property prices have increased by about 12% per year. Now, Canterbury at the moment, House prices haven't haven't gone down, but they've been really flat. And so relative to, or compared to everywhere else in New Zealand, Canterbury is really undervalued at the moment by about 20%. So that, um, that actually started in 2016 was when they started becoming a little more undervalued compared to the rest of the country. So I think it's really interesting, first of all, to recognise that the earthquakes happened in 2012, so this trend wasn't uh, wasn't caused by the earthquakes. Uh, it's only because we've had relatively flat prices in in Canterbury, uh, and and everywhere else has got so 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 expensive. And so this is one way of identifying that slump because we typically, when we think about property cycles, we have a a, a boom, a peak, uh, a bit of a downturn, a slump, and then we have some sort of recovery, you know, that kind of up and down curve. But actually, when you look at, at house prices, because they tend to go, go up uh, in a linear line, sometimes when house prices are flat for a long time, that's your slump. But 
because because you're seeing if you're just looking at, at house prices, you're seeing a, a flat line. You might not necessarily think that that is a, a downturn or a slump. And so only by comparing it with with the other regions in New Zealand and saying, well, what is the relative price? You actually kind of recognise that this could be that kind of slump period within the property cycle. Andrew, do you have any thoughts on this? So yeah, I uh, actually was just hunting for an article that I read uh, a couple of weeks ago. So on the eighth of January, there was an article on stuff. Uh, the title was Dunedin House Values Outstrip Christchurch for the First Time in 30 Years. And um, I was thinking about this. Uh, yeah, I mean, Dunedin's fine. Uh, ho- hopefully we've got no listeners and I'm about to offend there. But I don't know that it's got as much uh, infrastructure and, and potential as Canterbury, in my opinion, and in my not-so-humble opinion. and um, But they're talking about the growth that they've had there. So uh, they've had 18.3% growth in the last year. Um, and I guess this just comes down to everything goes up. It just goes up in a different time. Uh, and and I wish it was as simple as just saying everything went up by the same value every year, but everyone would be investing in property then, I guess. Uh, and, and so... I think that um, I, I've been I've been saying that I I believed that the earthquakes were what have held Christchurch back just because the rebuild has been significantly slower than what we anticipated, um, but but he disagrees now. Um, so and, and he's pretty smart, and so I, I think that the thing to remember is um, really when you're investing, something's just got to be affordable, and if you can get something under market value, well, sort of, you can't really get it under market value, but if you if you get something where there's some good potential to make growth in a relatively short period of time. That's going to help you invest again sooner, and um, and that that means you can expand a portfolio rather than have something that just kind of trips along for a wee while. Hey, then while we're talking about it, let's talk about Dunedin or Otago in general. Uh, back in 2016, uh, Otago was 10% undervalued or below uh, its historical average compared to the rest of the country. Now it's about 10% above that. Now, I'm not predicting that Dunedin house prices are going to necessarily decrease, but I am predicting that everything, other regions are going to have catch-up growth, yes. uh, which, which mean that, that that average will come down. But it doesn't mean that, that uh, Dunedin homeowners or uh, people who own land and property in Otago are necessarily going to have decreasing property values over that time. And this is why when we look at some statistics, we do take a long-term approach. We'll look at 20 years or as long as possible uh, in any case so that we can actually get a good understanding of what it, how a market performs long-term. And you can also say, well, you know, things can change over twenty years, and I absolutely agree with agree with that. Um, but over twenty years, has Christchurch had um, significant population decrease? Not really. We had two percent decrease uh, after the earthquakes, but that's now now recovered. Um, does has Dunedin's economy significantly outstripped Christchurch's? No. Is, is is Dunedin all of a sudden in a better location than it was previously? No. A lot of the main factors that contribute uh, to, to, to house prices and house price growth haven't really changed and don't tend to change over time, which is why I think that this kind of analysis of identifying a slum uh, by by using this kind of a long longitudinal data and also comparative data uh, is really valuable. So I'm going to link to this report in the show notes. I think it's really useful. And uh, when we have Tony on the show, we'll we'll talk about this kind of analysis because it's so important in in terms of identifying well what areas could I be investing in? What areas do I think are going to have that growth? But what I also want to get across and impress upon you is that slumps are hard to identify. 
because slumps don't look like slumps in terms of usually it's when you've got quite stable house prices. Even if we think about, uh, it, it could be argued that Auckland has been in a slump over the last couple of years. Well, house prices didn't decrease all that much, but that was the slower period, uh, and, and that's kind of the opportunity to buy before the next growth period. Uh, and so, so really, that, that's that's the key message. A slump doesn't necessarily look like that kind of boom-bust diagram that we're all really comfortable with because you don't necessarily see that sort of variation. We all know when it's a boom because house prices are massively increasing, but a slump does not necessarily look like a massive decrease. And that's why looking at comparative data like this can be much more telling in terms of figuring out, well, what, what uh, you know, where are the hot areas where I could potentially invest now? And I just want to say... Uh, Di, don't tell Ross about this episode. <laughs> we'll, 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 I'll have to get some more context to, from you about that afterwards. Um, hey, thanks so much for listening to the show. And please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. It really does help us get the message out to more and more people. And hey, if you want to learn more about property with Andrew and I, why not check out our epic guide to mortgages? This is a nine and a half thousand word guide that we wrote lovingly over Christmas that uh, teaches you both how to get a mortgage and then how to pay it off more quickly. So I'll link to that in the show notes as well, and it is definitely worth a read. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time. <laughs>